As promised, I am thrilled to announce that our tickets for Australian True Crime Live are now available. Join me in Sydney, Brisbane and or Melbourne this July. You can come to all three if you want. These tickets are expected to go very quickly, so be sure to secure yours by visiting the link in our podcast bio or you can head over to the Australian True Crime Facebook page. There'll be a nice link there for you. Update for Brisbane Australian True Crime fans. Brisbane is almost fully sold out for our live show. If you've been a listener for any length of time, you'll know how passionate I am about true crime stories from Australia. I'm looking very forward to an incredible evening together with you, sharing these captivating tales. We will have great guests as well, so, you know, we love a Q&A. If you've ever come along to an Australian true crime live gig, you'll know we love a Q&A with our guests. Don't miss out. Book your tickets today, and I'll see you in July for a memorable night out. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and to Aboriginal elders emerging. Former detective Lex DeMann spent five years officially trying to bring Anne Hamilton Byrne to justice for abuses perpetrated against the dozens of children she brought under her care one way or another. In reality, though, this case has consumed Lex's life. The group founded by Anne, known as The Family, has been described variously over the years as a doomsday cult, a religious sect, a government-funded child trafficking ring, a real estate scam, a drug den and a yoga school. And Anne herself proclaimed 
that she was the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. This is Australian True Crime with Michelle Laurie and Emily Webb. But when Lex received a text on Thursday morning reading simply, The Witch is Dead, he knew exactly what it meant. I was really happy that she was dead. And uh, I thought, mate, she just rot. Did you cry? No, not at all. She wouldn't shed one tear for her. I don't mean for her, but I know that when I saw you do a Q&A a year ago, and I saw the emotion when you started to talk about the children who are now adults, and there was a lot of emotion then. Yeah, I, I went through uh, an emotional roller coaster yesterday. You know, when I initially heard the, the news, I was really happy that she was dead. And then I thought of the victims, the survivors, and how they were feeling. And, you know, I had a, an air of sadness about me because of that. And also for the police that had worked with me on the task force. And, um, yeah, it was a real roller coaster ride of emotions. Um, and the sadness that I felt was for the victims, not for her or any of the followers. I was sort of shocked to read Lex Demand worked for five years on this case, and I thought, oh, I think that's a bit of an underestimation, isn't it, of how much of your life has gone into this case? Well, my, my life started in this case in December 1987 when I went to the school fire at Monbulk, and then for the next you know year and a half, I couldn't get traction within the police department to put an investigation together. And finally, after I submitted a report in June of 1989, and I used the words allegations of LSD administration to children and allegations of the theft of children, the department really couldn't do anything but establish a task force. And that's when it started in December 1989. you know, it's consumed my life and near on five years. I was the first, I was there at the start with the initial team of six detectives and at the end of it, I was the only one of the original detectives still on the case. So, you know, I, it, it was a bit of a roller coaster ride. But you're still so involved in the case, aren't you? I mean, you're, you're still in touch with... Uh, yeah, uh, as, as late as this morning when I caught up with one of the survivors to talk about the impending civil action to try and recruit some money from the trust, from the from the funds that Anne had secreted, you know, elsewhere. Um, and I'll support the, the survivors now with that. And, you know, I've got lifelong friendships and support that I'll now uh, have with um, a number of the survivors. Can't walk away from it. Why is that? Why is this case so different for you? Um, it's not just me, but I, I you know, any, anyone with, with an air of decency, when you, when you initially meet, met survivors and what they've gone through, and I, you, I can't walk away from it. I need to be there to support those that wish to be supported, and I'll continue to do that. Personally, it's... I know at the time of the investigation, there were a number of people worried about my health, my mental health, and the impact on me. And, um, you know, I'm a, I suppose it's just part of the 
the job that I was in and you just deal with it. At the end of the day, you know, you can't, I can't walk away and not support those that wish to continue to receive some type of support or advice at times. Or It's only the right thing to do. That's what it is to me. It's, it's to do the right thing. Yeah, but I was shocked then as I was reading about your career and then you went on to the CFA and you, you've always stayed in a, a life of service. But I was so shocked because I knew how hard you worked on this case that you left the police service. Is, it, is this why you left it? Um, I suppose the outcome of that case um, had a bit of an impact on me psychologically that, you know, the justice was never really done for the survivors. And when the opportunity was presented to me to go across the fire, I thought, yeah, I'll do that, and um, which I did for 20 years. And I think this case helped me um, in some way to have a greater understanding when events like um, you know, when I was with CFA, I, I lost five firefighters at Linton in 1998, showing the compassion and working with their families. And then, of course, the devastating fires of Black Saturday when I was the regional director of the area that was most greatly affected. Um, I suppose it's just a, a sense of making sure that help people without sounding too corny. No. no. Quite yeah. And I suppose my current role as the CEO of Victoria Police Legacy, helping police families who have lost a loved one, just continues that type of journey that I've, I've been on. I can sort of see what you're saying about the fire side of things. It seems like there'd be no bullshit at the end of the day, whereas in the police service you can still get mucked around where you've, it feels like you've proven something, it's really clear, and yet someone can still get away with something, whereas in fire you can go in there and help people, you know, and then it's done and there's no middleman and no mucking around. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, in, in the fire service it was, you know, uh, in my role, I was leading teams of people that were supporting fire brigades and supporting communities, and it was pretty reasonably clear cut. Yeah. Where you know, when you're in the police force and you've got to dig for evidence and then present it to a court, you've got to be able to present it to a court, and then you're in the hands of those that have to believe the evidence. It's a bit of a different different field, mm. uh, but at the end of the day. You know, in both areas, there's people at the end of the issue that need support. There's always people who need help. And uh, for a person like you who wants to help people, there's always opportunities. Yeah, I suppose I've always, you know, been, in one way, you know, been, been, uh, been always single has given me the opportunity to be there when people needed me. I have had to think about my own family at home. Um, so uh, I suppose it's, that's what I've known ever since I became a copper when I was 18 and um, I'll continue to do. I did not know uh, that. Know. I didn't know you. So you don't have a family? No, I don't have an immediate family. I have brothers and a mother. But I, right throughout my career, I suppose I've just focused on my careers and, um, yeah, I've never given myself time to have a family. Oh, Lex, that's incredible. Okay, so that makes even more sense then that you've been so dedicated and you've been able to get so close to the, the survivors. Yeah, and I've worked with and I've worked with some tremendous police police members and you know, especially on that uh, the operation Forest Hamel Burn case, you know, mm. the first officer in charge, Peter Spence, taught me a lot. I had a great amount of uh, respect for Peter and, 
know, he left them and I was appointed the senior investigator in charge. Um, but yeah, it's it's a way of, I suppose, we're all, we're all there to help. When you're in a public service, a service providing into the public, um, yeah, I've always been brought up that uh, when we leave this earth ourselves, if people, if people can turn around and say, yeah, they, they made a difference, then you've done the right thing. Mm. So it's hard to quantify. It's hard to talk about yourself in that respect. But, mm. yeah. Well, then talk to me about the victims. Talk to me about the former children uh, or the survivors, I should say. It's a better word to use. Yeah. Yeah, I use the word survivors yeah. because they are survivors and uh, yeah, I've got nothing but huge admiration because I know what they've been through when they were, you know, since birth, mm-hmm. many of them, and, and uh, the torment and the, the lies that they went through in their, in their early years as they grew up and in its teenage years, believing that their mother was Anne Hamilton Byrne and mm-hmm. their, father, their father was William Hamilton Byrne and then to find out in 1997 that it was one big lie. You know, they've moved on with their lives and I've got huge admiration for each and every one of them for what they've achieved, um, you know, into their adult years. You've lived with these people for so long. Um, and believing that they're your parents, it's hard to break, it's hard for a number of them to break that bond, but they did. Absolutely. And, you know, you know when, I, when I heard the news yesterday, you know, one of my initial thoughts was I turned to Sarah who passed away a month before the film was premiered in 2016 and, you know, I, I kept in contact with Sarah for, for the years following her through the case and um, she was an amazing individual. I have no doubt that, that you know, what happened to her was directly due to Anne and that's why I continue to say that that Anne is the most evil person that I'd ever investigated. And yesterday, it was a great day because we got rid of one of Australia's worst criminals ever. Um, and may she rot. Sarah is a person a lot of us thought of, I think, in that moment. She was uh, one of the children. She grew up and she left the house as a teenager, very vocal um, always. And she was one of the people who we thought of as a success story because she went on to university. She was an academic. She was a she doctor. Went she went to India after becoming qualified to help the poor. You know, she had an amazing story. and She formed a great bond with her, with her natural mother, her birth mother, when, when they reunited mm-hmm. after so many years. And, you know, I feel for her mother. Um, I've been in contact with her and expressed my uh, thoughts and strength to her. Because um, the trauma really, you know, came back to haunt her. Many of those that were affected will be affected for the rest of their lives. You know, the children themselves, now adults, you know, um, they will always live with what, of how they were brought up and what occurred in their life. But, you know, as I said, you know, they've moved on um, and they've done, they've, they've gained great strength from, you know, what happened in many ways. And yet there are still people who believe that Anne is still Jesus Christ reincarnated in the female form. And, you know, I have no sympathy for them whatsoever um, because, you know, they've, they've helped live the, the myth live. It's just crazy. Do you think they really do? Because I sort of got the impression from Chris Johnston that the people who were still hanging on were actually hanging on for her to die so they could divvy up the oh, real estate. I have no doubt that there's a number who are hanging around to divvy up the estate. But mm. when I look at when I look at people like uh, 
you know, Michael, Michael Simpson, Halbert, who was in the film, mm. um, he, he has a true belief that she is the Messiah. Wow. You know, and um, you know, I have no sympathy for him whatsoever or any others that still believe that myth. You know, and that myth will be broken on Monday, three days after the death. I'm glad you said it. I didn't want to say it, but I'm glad you did. Well, you know, the fact is I, I hope Monday night when they go to bed, you know, they have the pain of understanding that they've all been cute since the 60s and 70s and, you know, I've no, no sympathy for them at all. I hope that you go to bed with some peace and release. Are you, are you feeling a release? Are you feeling, I don't want to use the word closure because I know that's dumb, but, you know, are you feeling a level of differentness, uh, Lex? I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a level that, you know, part of the final chapter or half of the final chapter has been written yeah. with her death, um, and that's good. I feel a sense of relief, but I also sense, I have a sense of, despair because I want to make sure that our legal system does not allow that final few paragraphs to be corrupted, that being compensation for the victims, the survivors, the former children who they deserve to um, have some form of financial recompense from the estate and that's where everything from the estate should go to. None of the followers, not the trust but it should be evenly divided between the survivors and the children in recognition that, you know what, society did let, let them down in the 60s and 70s, into the 80s, and this is one small way that we say, you know, we were wrong. Well, and also because in a very practical sense, they are carrying emotional injuries that need Absolutely. financial support. They have to pay for that support and there is money there. Yeah, and, and you know, um, um, I, I I I have a personal view that you know each one of the each one of the surviving uh, the survivors, the children, mm. former children, the state should just say, you know what, stuff what the court case says, but here's an excratio payment to help you for us to say, you know, sorry, we allowed this to happen. The institution let you down. The bureaucracy let you down. We allowed this to happen. And um, this is a small recognition by us that we were wrong. They've done it for others and they should do it for this group. I was out and about last night and the number of strangers who said your name to me last night was really astounding. So I want you to know how many people were thinking of you. Oh, thank you so much for that. I was unaware of that. Look, I I was just a, a normal copper that got involved and had something had to be done and it was done. My biggest regret would be that we never were able to slot her or Bill away for years for what they actually did do. Oh, no, but that can't be your regret, you know, because you didn't... That, that was not your fault. You did everything you could yeah. do. That's other people's regret and they have to live with it. Yeah. But to the survivors, of course, I was a representative of, of you know, of society in many ways. No, but, you know, you, you're a representative of people who do the right thing and who do care. You have to know that. They must have thought, these are adults, because they were the only adults they knew. And then all of a sudden, you actually represented 
other other kinds of adults. You must have been one of the first people they knew who was good. Yeah, I suppose you can you could look at it that way. But I've also learned from them, you know, that see, the human the human mind, the human body's got a lot of resilience from what this group went through. To think where they are today, they're survivors, and that's why we as a society we allow this to happen, and we need to acknowledge that because that's never happened. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. As promised, I am thrilled to announce that our tickets for Australian True Crime Live are now available. Join me in Sydney, Brisbane and or Melbourne this July. You can come to all three if you want. These tickets are expected to go very quickly, so be sure to secure yours by visiting the link in our podcast bio or you can head over to the Australian True Crime Facebook page. There'll be a nice link there for you. Update for Brisbane Australian True Crime fans. Brisbane is almost fully sold out for our live show. If you've been a listener for any length of time, you'll know how passionate I am about true crime stories from Australia. I'm looking very forward to an incredible evening together with you, sharing these captivating tales. We will have great guests as well, so, you know, we love a Q&A. If you've ever come along to an Australian true crime live gig, you'll know we love a Q&A with our guests. Don't miss out. Book your tickets today, and I'll see you in July for a memorable night out.